This is the Child Welfare Information Gateway Podcast, a place for those who care about strengthening families and protecting children. You'll hear about the innovations, emerging trends, and success stories across child welfare, direct from those striving to make a difference. This is your place for new ideas and information to support your work to improve the lives of children, youth, and families. Welcome into the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. I'm Tom Oates. We're continuing our series on prevention, looking into the community-based child abuse prevention grantees, the CBCAP grantees. We're spending some time diving into different aspects of helping create change that improve prevention efforts. Check out the other episodes where we explore how CBCAP grantees are implementing and tailoring evidence-based programs and how programs are evaluated from a state and local level. You know, at the core of prevention efforts requires collaboration across systems and agencies. So a question we wanted to answer today is how can prevention-focused organizations make the greatest impact in providing information and awareness and influence decisions to support prevention across an entire community, region, or even a state? Well, in this episode, we'll dive into state and regional collaboration with two CBCAP grantees from Louisiana and Ohio. I want you to take a listen to how these organizations participate in committees and boards to provide a prevention lens to decisions, how they tailor collaboration across different regions of a state, and how they find and cultivate dynamic partnerships and networks to make sure collaboration isn't a one-time affair. We're talking with Katina Simeon, Executive Director of the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund, and Lindsay Williams, the Executive Director of the Ohio Children's Trust Fund. Now, with Ohio, we're talking about a county-administered system. So the Ohio Children's Trust Fund works with a series of agencies and actions at a state level, but also collaborates with each of the state's regions. Now, in Louisiana, the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund sits within a unique body within the governor's office. It's called the Governor's Children's Cabinet. And the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund adds that prevention lens to funding and decision-making. And it's that collaboration where we start our conversation here on the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast with Katina Simeon, the executive director of the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund. So we'll start off with Louisiana and Katina, thank you so much for for joining us. And let's just start at this overarching state level and what's been done at Louisiana with the children's cabinet, this collaboration at the very top. Give us a sense from, from, from the very beginning of who makes up this governor's children's cabinet. Okay, so first of all, thank you all for having me. I am thrilled to pieces to be with you this morning. Um, And so the Children's Trust Fund in Louisiana is really lucky in the sense that um, we are uh, overseen by the Louisiana Children's Cabinet. Uh, The Children's Cabinet serves as the governing body for the state of Louisiana. They are responsible for coordinating funding and programmatic services uh, at the state and local level related to children and families. Um, They consist of the cabinet uh, secretary of each state department. So the Department of Education, the Department of Health and Hospitals, the Department of um, uh, Relative to Juvenile Services, um, and down the list. And each of those um, cabinet secretaries, of course, um, is appointed um, usually by the governor. And in addition, the executive director of the cabinet is appointed by the governor and currently Dr. Dana Hunter 
um, holds that uh, title. They have one mission, and that is to achieve the most effective and efficient use of monetary, human, and organizational resources to lift children and families out of poverty. And so um, they are at the top. The um, cabinet, like I said, itself um, consists of members from all walks of, of life. Um, from from uh, We have the executive director who rep- represents Louisiana's uh, families of incarcerated uh, uh individuals with children. Uh, We have uh, an executive of uh, technology solutions. We have um, energy uh, secretaries. We have families helping families uh, that sit on this board. Uh, We have Cane River Children's Services. So it's a host of people, including the Children's Trust Fund, um, who hold seats um, on this uh, cabinet for the purpose of figuring out how we can solve problems with children and families in this state. So this this entire collection of perspectives and experience come together to hope to you know chart some strategic direction. So where the children's trust comes into play, being you know having you know seats on this cabinet, where is the children's trust's you know position to be able to influence and help and you know advise this group on the directions moving forward? So we are able, so we, the, the executive director holds a seat as part of this, um, this, uh, this cabinet, and we are allowed to be at the table um, when decisions are being made that impact our children, impact our families, impact our moms and dads. Um, it's important for me to say that Louisiana's governor, John Bell Edwards, um, has made a commitment to the families of this state. Um, it was important for him to get everyone together at the table. Um, You have all these agencies that we sometimes work in silos um, where we may be doing something and someone else is doing the same thing. Governor Edwards um, has a mission of, had a mission of bringing all of us together at the same table to talk about how we can move Louisiana forward and how we can move Louisiana's families forward. And so uh, the trust fund sits at this table. We're able to make uh, suggestions. Um, We're able to talk about um, everything from how um, uh, current immigration laws are impacting our families in this area. We're able to talk about everything um, from funding, how we're going to put families first into action. We talk about human trafficking. So you name it. Um, and so just having a voice, having a seat, being able to talk about those things that impact our family has been important for the Children's Trust Fund. And this has only been an action for, in, in recent action, this is not a longstanding group. We're talking a couple of years or? Well, it, it's been, no, the cabinet itself, the Louisiana Children's Cabinet has been around for, uh, through at least the past two or three administrations. However, um, it is uh, up to the seated uh, leadership whether or not the cabinet itself remains um, in, in action, in service, et cetera. And it has been consistently um, I became executive director of the trust fund in 2017. So that's when I was able to start sitting on this board uh, to make uh, this decision. This particular governor uh, bought the, ch- the children's trust fund to the table and said, listen, we're all here. Let's make sure that we're all talking about talking the same language. And we are. And it's, it's a wonderful thing for this state. So give me a sense of, of what comes out of, of the cabinet in terms of um, campaigns or the actions that that, you know, when we see the cabinet in action. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that we do, for example, that we work, we're working on now um, in the cabinet is budget recommendations that we 
um, make, uh, where the funding, where money should go, whether it be education, whether it be um, to attack the hunger initiative in our state. Um, there is, uh, we have about five work groups and those work groups all make recommendations that are then put into a summary for the governor of recommendations of where funding needs to go within our state. So when it comes to you know, determining, and you mentioned before talking about we're talking about funding. We're talking about programs and services to, to dedicate um, you know, resources and money to. So what are those kind of guiding principles that determine, all right, where, you know, where does the trust fund, you know, where are the where the funds going to go? What gets approved and what doesn't? So um, relative to the trust fund, we receive funding, as, as is known, um, from uh, two specific sources. One of them, of course, is the CBCAP federal grant that we are appreciative for, uh, that we are able to further prevention efforts. Another um, uh, area that we receive funding is through statute in the state. We receive $4 from every duplicate birth certificate sold in the state. Believe it or not, that accounts for about $800,000 of our budget every single year. Um, I know I say the same thing. My face always lights up. I'm, the people are buying uh, that many duplicate birth certificates a year. Um, what decides on, on where our funding goes is the, the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund. We also are operated by a board. And so um, our board, we uh, put out an annual uh, request for applications for grants for agencies that are working to prevent child abuse throughout the state. Um, and once uh, an agency applies for a grant, we uh, have grant reviewers that are volunteers that come from throughout the state of Louisiana. Uh, we review there, and the grants are very in, uh, intense. They're, they are uh, grants that... Uh, that we pride ourselves on looking for those programs that are directly impacting every community in every region throughout this state. So we look for compliance. We re they're reviewed and independently scored by grant reviewers, and then we select uh, based on the funding we have for the for the fiscal year. We select those agencies throughout the state that we believe are going to help us uh, reach our target, which is of course to prevent child abuse and neglect. So we're, you know, as we pull in, we're talking about collaboration at the cabinet level, oh, having absolutely. that kind of joint, joint, you know, you know, that team, a team of influencers, team of perspectives that add to it. But then there's collaboration actually with the trust fund at, you know, kind of the execution end. So you talked about all of those grants that come in and you used a really important word, the volunteers that dedicate time to take a look at these reviews. So who joins uh, you in reviewing these? Because I'd love to get that sense of the other perspectives that you're bringing in to look at the grants and kind of decide where the right direction is. So we uh, sent out an announcement to uh, agencies, to universities, to uh, throughout the state, um, requesting volunteers to serve as grant reviewers um, for our grants each year. Those uh, anyone who signs up has to be trained. They come into a training uh, session. We usually host about four training sessions a year for those who are interested in reviewing grants. Um, it's it's an honor for me because I see. Um, instructors, professors, people from all walks of life, those who work in social service, who want to have an opportunity to contribute in some way to this effort. And so um, they are able to come to the table to review these grants. Once we receive uh, the scoring back, uh, this scoring then goes before our board of directors. And it's important for me to talk a little bit about the trust funds board. Um, our board also consists of members from 
um, the Department of Children and Family Services. Our current chairman is attorney Francesca Hamilton Aker. She has uh, been a longstanding um, member of the um, the criminal justice community, the juvenile justice community um, in the state. Um, we're represented by um, representatives from the Department of Education, uh, those who represent, uh, I mean, it's just a gambit of, of individuals who uh, serve on our board. And so once the recommendations from the grant review, uh, the grant reviews come back, our board assesses them and we decide who uh, can be better served by the funding. Now, now let me bring you back a little bit. Our funding, uh, how we fund each region is decided by, um, is based on the number of child abuse and neglect cases that are reported in each region throughout the state. We get that information from the Department of Children and Family Services yearly. Um, so for example, if the New Orleans region has a higher level of abuse and neglect cases reported, then we try to put more funding towards that, that part of the state uh, so that we can try to combat um, abuse and neglect in the area. Uh, once the board decides how that funding will be broken up, then we make the recommendations that came from the grant reviewers based on scoring the board votes on that, and then we send it to the children's cabinet for further review. And the children's cabinet, and this is by statute, um, they will then decide whether or not um, we have chosen adequate agencies uh, to fund. And once they give us the approval, we are able to move forward with providing uh, these necessary resources. So just to follow up on that, you've got the you know, the, the community of grant reviewers and all of these folks come together and there's collaboration at that level. Then there is your board, another group of diverse members that then take a look and then to the cabinet itself. So when we start talking about this now three tiered level of collaboration, how are decisions not only made, but then agreed upon with so many people with so many perspectives in the room? You know what? I have a note that I keep in my office um, and that I share with everybody that says collaboration, not competition, is what moves us forward. So, you know, we genuinely believe in the um, the idea that by collaborating, listen, we all win. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you live in the world. There are families that are um, suffering that are, whether it be because of poverty, whether it be because of a lack of resources, a lack of opportunity, we all agree that um, the only way to combat that type of issue, particularly in our state, is for us to come together and say, hey, listen. So, so you know, our board, particularly the Trust Funds Board, consists of members from the religious community, the university community. We bring the State Medical Society, um, the Louisiana Council of Family Court Judges, the Louisiana Association of Social Workers. All these people are saying, listen, collaboration, not competition, is what moves us forward in this state. And so when you ask the question of how are decisions made, um, it isn't always easy. You know, we don't always sit at these board meetings and, and sing and hug. And there are times when things get heated. But what we start with, and certainly what we start with with the Children's Trust Fund, is that we are here to make a difference in the lives of children. How do we take out ego, take out everything that um, would put you, take out politics, as hard as that is, um, and let's talk about how we can make a difference in our communities. And we're doing it one step at a time. Well, with those grants and once, you know, a, a program is approved, if you've got that, like you mentioned, kind of this, what is our end goal? What, what are we all here for? So with those grants, you've got to then determine, hey, what, what does success look like 
for us. And if you've got that, and then they are able to then see it, maybe, you know, it's it's this cycle of, well, we've seen this work before, I'm now bought in, I will continue to buy in for more success, and this and this cycle goes. So let's talk about though the, the ability to, to turn and look at these programs and saying, you know, what does success look like for those agencies? And once it is approved, how are you monitoring and, and pulling out the data to, to really see Where's that money going and are you getting the, you know, the return on that investment? Right. So, uh, so we partner with the Louisiana, with LSU, Louisiana State University, um, with their social research and evaluation um, department. Um, They uh, provide us with uh, evaluations yearly. Uh, We receive midterm evaluations and yearly evaluations that are put together in a beautiful report that I hate that everyone um, who isn't looking can't see, but if you visit us online <laughs> at louisianaCTF.org, uh, you're able to download um, our uh, year-end summaries that come from, uh, sh- we call them Shrek, it's the Social Research and Evaluation Center. And I apologize, let me make that correction. Um, we partner with them so that we can get the best data possible from these agencies that we fund. So for example, uh, for the 2019-2020 fiscal year, we're funding 40 prevention programs. We are um, helping to support 11 conferences in addition to that throughout the state. The only way that we're able to, to adequately assess whether these um, programs, whether these conferences are benefiting our community is to make sure we partner with um, a research um, center uh, so that they can evaluate these programs yearly. So a couple things happen. They do their research and evaluation and polls, and they put all the data together for me twice a year. Additionally, I um, visit each and every one of our grantees every single year. So I personally go in and evaluate uh, whether or not they are meeting the goals uh, that we've set in LCTF. So I I love it because my um, event calendar stays full. I go to events throughout the state all the time, uh, particularly these events that we're able to sponsor. So at least once a year, I visit each um, individual agency um, to see how they are functioning. Um, and I usually provide a report back, not just to my board, but also to the children's cabinet. I provide an executive director's report four times a year um, to both boards um, so that we can uh, basically keep up with, you know, all these great things that we have going on. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I also do an annual report um, that is provided to both the governor in addition to um, state and uh, state representatives and senators so that people can see the good work that the trust fund is doing throughout the state. Well, so we, we, we pulled out and you, you started to talk about conferences. And yes. so we had not mentioned that with everything else going in. So not only, and you know, of course you've mentioned, I think you've used the word partner about 17 times so far. Well, and rightfully it. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's also this, this network that's being created along the way. So to foster collaboration at just that almost informal level that I can pick up the phone and address the folks that I, that I've learned and known. So walk me through the conferences that the trust fund is is setting up is is organizing and the purposes that you're trying to 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 get you know the goals for these conferences. So let me give you an example, and it's important for me to say that so some of these conferences are conferences that um, we are funding that we support at any time that that the agencies reach out and ask us to assist with organization, we're available to do that as well. So one in particular that's coming up for us in the next couple of weeks, we've uh, there's a partnership with Southeastern Louisiana University in Hammond, Louisiana, 
This is our first year uh, working with Southeastern to put together this particular conference. And the title of the conference is Skills and Interventions for Professionals to Identify Human Trafficking Survivors to Break the Cycle of Abuse and Neglect. And so the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund is featured on the program. We will be talking about our efforts and the efforts um, and giving strategies to um, these professionals so that um, we can try to, to figure out how to end human trafficking in this state. That's a very big issue for us. Um, another conference that I'm really proud to, to say that we're gonna be assisting to host and organize this year is with the Walls Project here in Louisiana. It's a conference called the JOLT, Teen Empowerment Conference. And let me tell you, I'm so proud about this one. So this conference is going to be for um, high school students throughout um, throughout uh, East Baton Rouge and New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. And it's gonna be like mini TED Talks. They get to show up and there are gonna be TED Talks by other teenagers about everything from life skills to how to cope, um, bullying. Um, and so we're pulling other teen leaders to come out and do, like I said, mini TED Talks for other teens. It's going to be a free conference. The, the funding that we're able to assist the Walls Project with is going to also assist um, with this conference. Um, additionally, Grandparents Raising Grandchildren. Listen, that organization in our state, um, I, can, I, I think I speak for everyone on this call. I, I'm not sure what's going on in Ohio, but I, I can imagine it's the same thing, that grandparents play a big part in helping to raise children. Um, uh, they fill in the gaps with families. We know that because they're there, because they're able to help with everything from childcare um, to, to feeding, um, that um, that is in itself preventing neglect in our state. So we are proud to provide funding and assist the executive director of grandparents raising grandchildren with their annual conference. Um, this provides um, help to uh, not just grandparents, but other kinship caregivers that enable them to provide better care for their grandchildren. Um, everything from um, talking about professionals that are available for therapy um, in the event that they're having behavioral issues to, um, like I said, feeding sites throughout the state, social media. Grandparents are always asking, you know, how do we, we, we handle that? So we're happy to be able to, um, to fund uh, programs like that. Um, we, you know, triple P parenting. I mean, I, I could just go on. There's 11 of them that we have partnered with for the next um, year. Um, Le Pen, which is a parenting education network conference um, that we become involved with. I, I just want to say, Tom, that, that we just, again, we know that if we can provide families with resources at the core, if we can get them what they need at the core. So before neglect even happens, before you, when you realize that you aren't able to provide a meal for your child, we want to make sure that you know that we have agencies that can help you with that. We can get you to the person, not next week, not next month, today, today. I can, you call me and today I can get on the phone and get you that resource. And so that's our goal. Well, you've talked about network, you know, and a lot of folks would think about a professional network. But what you've done with with the teen conference, and now you're you know even getting you know the grandparents you know uh, connecting with other grandparents, you know you're talking about developing not only a network within profession professionals, but really the network that you've created a peer to peer learning with teens. 
So they get their own network. The grandparents get their own network. We are all looking for word of mouth. We are all looking for, you know, what do, what do my friends advise? Hey, and we talk about that from your mechanic to who's going to hopefully paint your house or where the right places I can go or what should I do in this situation? So, you know, as we start to have this collaboration theme, you're also with that conference. And I, so I I just want to call it out because I do think it's a great example of setting up those conferences to you know, empower the community itself that sometimes the agency won't always be there. But then again, if you always know a neighbor is, or I've got somebody right. else to rely on. So your right. partners don't necessarily have to come in with, with a business card, you know, no. they could come in with a shared experience. That's correct. And I think that in, in every state, Prevention is, um, you know, it's crazy that prevention has been a little bit, we've always talked prevention, but it's surprising to me how many professionals don't start at prevention. Because I'll tell you, I've been an attorney in this state for almost 20 years. I started in family service work and I always came in after something happened. I represented, you know, incarcerated parents, et cetera. I, I tell people that getting folks in a prevention mindset, it takes a lot of work because a lot of people are used to providing the resources after it happens, after the neglect happens, not before. The Children's Trust Fund is determined to teach and spread the word about prevention throughout the state. So that and 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 we're doing it with only about 1.2 or 3 million a year, um, but we're going to provide that framework so that we never get to the space of abuse and neglect, or or we try to lessen those numbers. That's our goal. So, Katina, for for other agencies out there, uh, those community-based prevention organizations, you know, that take an example of you know, what you're doing, let's say at the grassroots level, at the grant review level, but also back up to where you have that seat at the table uh, and where you're able to maybe guide policy or shape some big decisions. What advice would you give those other community-based prevention organizations to help them influence policy and kind of expand their footprint? Goodness. Two things. One, as I said earlier, collaboration, not competition. Um, listen, there is room at the table for every single person. We want you there. And the second thing is, is also really easy. Show up, right? Show up. Um, you know, a lot of us, as I said, we talk about the problems. We talk about um, um, what potentially could happen if we, let's stop asking what if and start showing up and doing the work. Um, it, it's really that simple. So collaborate and show up. We need you. We need all the hands that we can get. Our children need us. Um, I think about what Louisiana in particular is going to look like in the next 20 or 30 years when I'm nice and retired. And I can't retire if our, our babies are, um, aren't able to have the same opportunities that I've had um, that, get, that, has, that has helped me to arrive in this place. So collaboration, not competition, and show up. We need you. All right. So we want to switch now from the approach that you're hearing from Katina in in Louisiana to now a county based system in Ohio. And so for that, uh, you know, Lindsay Williams is with us here. So Lindsay is running the Ohio Children's Trust Fund, which falls within 
the state's Office of Family and Child Services. So, so Lindsay, walk me through the role and the position that the trust fund in Ohio plays within the Office of Family and Child Services. Yes, good morning. Um, so the Children's Trust Fund, we are the prevention arm for the state in Ohio, um, focusing on primary and secondary um, prevention services. Um, and our mission is really to prevent child abuse and neglect by um, investing in um, strong communities, healthy families, and safe children. So as a, um, similar to Louisiana, as a quasi-public um, agency, meaning that we duly report to a 15-member board um, and also sit within the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services Office of um, Children and Families, who acts as our administrative um, agent. And so um, we, um, our board consists of 15 members, um, including four legislative members, three um, agency directors or their designees, which um, includes um, the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services, the Ohio Department of Health, um, and then Ohio Mental Health and Addiction Services, as well as eight public members who are um, appointed by the governor representing fields such as social work, human services, um, medical field, education, um, business, and the volunteer sector. Um, and so really our role is to um, fund prevention services and ensure prevention services are up in all of Ohio's 88 counties. Um, and we, um, again, very similar to Louisiana, accomplish this through three main avenues. Um, we have a regional service delivery model. Um, we also offer statewide grants and we do a number of board specific initiatives. Um, and then additionally, we fund a variety of um, professional trainings such as um, the Keeping Children um, Safe training, which is a mandated reporter training for um, the early child for early childhood professionals. Um, and we also um, do a training on the state's um, human trafficking prevention curriculum, um, kind of a train the trainer curriculum um, for trainers that are working with high risk youth. So with the groups that you have to work with, you know, and, and Katina mentioned it, and it's not not surprising for anybody in any state or jurisdiction about trying to avoid working in silos or trying to avoid, you know, everybody doing the same thing, but not coordinating or collaborating. And so as we take a look at collaboration, I'd like to get your sense of those other departments within the state, be it within, you know, the Office of Family and Child Services or without that, you know, the Ohio Children's uh, Trust Fund is working in lockstep with? What does that collaboration look like across different agencies? So in general, I think we are a very collaborative state. Um, so as I mentioned, we sit within the um, Department of Job and Family Services. So we do a ton of collaboration um, work with them um, kind of in lockstep um, in terms of the um, ch children's services continuum of care. So obviously we do the primary and secondary prevention, um, but we sit in the same office as the folks that are doing um, the tertiary prevention and working with children who have been reported um, to public children's services agencies. Um, and I know you had mentioned we are a um, county administered um, state. So we have, um, you know, 88 counties that each have their own public children's services agency that takes those referrals and works with those families. Um, and that's kind of guided at the state level. Um, and then additionally, we work closely with the um, Ohio Department of Health um, on a number of um, things. Um, we work with them um, every year um, on the child fatality review report, um, an annual report um, that we issue. Um, and we um, sit on a number of committees with them in terms of the uh, maternal, infant, early childhood home visiting program. Um, we um, sit on a number of um, 
groups doing um, federal planning. Um, so with the Ohio Department of Health, the state health assessment, um, and the um, state health improvement plan, um, we've sit on those groups um, within JFS. We sit on our children and family services program improvement planning group and the um, provide a lot of input into the Children and Family Services Plan. Um, pretty much any of the sister agencies you can name in Ohio, um, Department of Medicaid, um, Department of Public Safety, we do a lot of work with them around human trafficking, um, Department of Developmental Disabilities. Um, we're there, we're, we're linking arms with them um, to really come together to serve Ohio's children and families. Yeah, you mentioned being able to kind of you know sit at the table. Well, you're at a lot of tables, which gives you an audience. Um, yes. And at the and, you know, but with that point, I'd like to get a sense of where you are contributing with that seat at the table in terms of you know what does bringing that because we're talking about prevention and we are talking about that mentality that sometimes needs a kickstart or sometimes needs a greater awareness to what that means so you guys when we were talking earlier we talked about uh, bringing the prevention lens to help influence others uh, give me a sense of what does that influence not only look like when you're sitting at the table, but then what does it look like in practice? Sure. So um, it, it really is coming together to speak for um, children and families that are, are maybe going through a tough time. Um, they, they may be struggling, but they are not at a level that they have risen to the attention of um, coming to the attention of a children's services agency. And so then the question becomes, how do we um, kind of link arms with sister agencies and ensure that um, throughout the continuum of care in Ohio, that we have the services and supports available for those children and families um, when they need it to strengthen um, family protective factors to, to kind of um, come in as a community to support those families and, and link them with those services early so that um, they can, before a crisis would occur, before they would come to the attention of child welfare with the ultimate goal of preventing um, child abuse and neglect um, from occurring. And so, Let's see, part two of your question was, what does that look like um, in practice? And so we, um, similar to Louisiana, fund um, a lot of grants um, with local providers, um, both through our regional model and then through our statewide grants um, programs such as um, Triple P, um, other parenting programs. We work very closely with the Ohio Department of Health, who um, kind of heads up our home visiting um, programs related to Help Me Grow um, in Ohio. So that's um, Healthy Families America, um, Parents as Teachers, Nurse Family Partnership. Um, we provide some supplemental funding for um, some of those programs in Ohio. Um, we do a variety of um, parent cafes, which is a program where a parent leader um, sits down with a group of other parents to um, kind of facilitate just all those challenges on the day-to-day -day of being a parent. Um, they're able to um, offer a meal to the family so they can come bring their kids. They have childcare set up um, and kind of can just sit down and, and talk about those challenges um, and help each other work through that. You know, for a lot of agencies and, and, and organizations that, uh, that are understanding the prevention approach, but still may be stuck in the where we've always been a reactionary organization. We've always had to, you know, come in after the fact. 
are you help, how do you help them kind of recognize, no, here's what you can do now to help prevention, to kind of give them an understanding of where their role or where their value is? Because I think prevention is a concept that is easily understood, but when it comes to an agency that says, well, I used to operate this way, how do I best operate in a prevention kind of with that prevention lens to you know apply my skills or services? Where does the trust fund kind of fall in? And, and you know you talk about influencing others to kind of help them chart. Okay, here's where your value becomes in a prevention kind of approach. Sure. So we've been doing um, a lot of work um, over the last year, really focusing on how can we bridge that continuum of care. So we're at a really good time, both at um, the state level and at the national level. I think there is um, a lot of focus currently at the national level um, with um, Associate Commissioner Jerry Milner and um, his views and passion around prevention. Um, in addition to at the state level under um, Governor Mike DeWine's administration, um, children's services transformation is a key priority for him, as well as tripling um, home visiting services for families and children in Ohio. Um, and really that whole prenatal through three population and how do we um, you know, strengthen families, support them, um, ensure that we have, um, you know, safe and care for children that are ready and prepared to enter kindergarten. Um, and so um, now I feel like I'm rambling here and losing track of. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you've got various agencies and approaches yeah. that they, they want to turn around and say, okay, where's the best place I can help? In terms of that prevention lens, you know, moving away from I've got services after the fact instead of services to aid prevention, knowing, again, we don't want to work in silos. How do we best add value as a group? And it sounds like with the Children's Trust Fund having these various seats at the table that there is a there is an opportunity there. And I'm wondering if the, if the if those agencies are, are receptive to it. But the opportunity for the trust fund to say, hey, here's where you can add value in this kind of new approach. And, and prevention is not that new, but it is gaining much, much more attention. Mm -hmm. um, so one, one thing that I will share that we um, are really excited about is um, we have recently been um, awarded one of nine federal community collaborations to strengthen and preserve families grants um, by the Children's Bureau. And so this is um, the our proposal for this concept is um, creating a community-based prevention model, um, and it's working with um, several um, counties in Northeastern Ohio. Um, and, the, and the concept is, how do we provide um, kind of a central point of contact to receive those prevention services that meets families where they're at, that addresses their unique needs, anything from one-time um, service and consultation to um, intensive um, home visiting and support programs um, where they can receive services such as financial um, literacy training, um, financial assistance in terms of concrete supports, um, weaving in um, evidence-based practices such as um, triple P services um, and parenting classes, basic life skills training, um, motivational interviewing to be able to work with um, families at all levels of that continuum and kind of offer that universal um, prevention services. And so we're partnering with um, other state agencies and local agencies um, on that project. Um, and then additionally, we have been um, very involved in the work around um, Family First in Ohio um, and sitting at the table with all of um, our sister agencies. Actually, just last week, we participated in a two-day um, Family First planning retreat 
um, that was facilitated by um, the Center for the Study of Social Policy. And not only did we talk specific about tertiary prevention and how we're going to implement Family First in Ohio, but really there was a lot of conversation around how do we build that entire continuum of care, um, way down to from universal services to kind of specific targeted families, um, all the way up to that tertiary um, prevention level. So that was um, incredibly encouraging um, to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, I am really curious now, of course, you know, we mentioned Ohio, you know, a, a, a county uh, system. So how how is the trust fund then working? Because, you know, Ohio is a diverse uh, state and you mentioned 88 counties, 88 agencies. Where does the trust fund kind of find a role and kind of change that role maybe even when you are dealing with now at a new level of the county based more boots on the ground level? Yeah, so um, we transitioned to a regional model of um, service delivery maybe four years ago. Um, and so instead of, so we used to previously, each county would be allocated so much um, of the trust fund money to provide prevention services in their local community. And we really said, well, how do we um, kind of try to leverage this funding and, and use the little bit of funding that we do have available? Um, we, we work off of about a $5.5 million budget um, here at the Ohio Children's Trust Fund, um, but about 3.5 of that is what we have allocated towards that regional model um, services in the local counties. And so how do we really kind of pull those fundings to meet the needs of those communities? And Ohio is very um, geographically diverse. We have um, urban counties, rural counties, um, and everything in between. And so um, we have eight prevention regions that we had divided the state into, and each region then worked um, on a comprehensive evaluation of the services needs for their local communities. And those are going to be updated every five years. They'll be updated for the first time in 2021. Um, But based on those comprehensive um, needs assessments, they developed a prevention plan for their area of the state. So what needs have risen to the highest? So um, in some regions, um, you know, Ohio, like um, every other state has been hit very hard with the opioid epidemic. So some regions have strategies um, regarding um, helping substance using parents and how or um, um, substance using pregnant women and how do we connect them to services. Um, some regions um, have um, like our southwest region of Ohio um, has really seen a need in terms of kinship caregivers and kinship relatives and how do we better um, support them. Um, and so just kind of depending on what needs um, um, are rising to the top in terms of those local resources, they've been able to come together um, and de- develop their own plans and their own strategies. Um, and this approach, I think, has really um, helped to be able to leverage funding, but it's also helped to increase collaboration because now you have leaders from each of those individual counties coming around on the table together um, at, at least quarterly. Um, and so in addition to just, you know, determining what to fund and getting the programs out there, they're also able to have some of those systemic level conversations um, and and do some um, advocacy things like above and beyond just um, providing the services for the local communities. Well, I'm I'm hearing kind of this this theme of, you know, even at the statewide level with all of the agencies that that the Children's Trust Fund is joining and communicating with and advising, part of it is 
what is your need? Let me meet you where you are, as opposed to walking in and, 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 and stating a purpose or stating, here's what you're going to deal with, or here's my advice without even consulting. So you've got that meeting somebody where, where you are, but then at the same time, fostering that communication amongst the group. And so you're seeing that, you know, I'm hearing that from the state level, but then it's then applied at the regional level for each of those regions where that community and collaboration, not only is the trust fund involved, but if I'm hearing you right, it's all of the folks within the region kind of creating their, you know, like Louisiana, this peer, this peer network. So you're building this kind of strength in collaboration, strength in communication, and, you know, really effective partnerships. Am I hearing that right? Yes. And what, and what I think you're really saying is it's a parallel process. So we talk about parallel processes a lot in Ohio and the way that we um, serve and interact with um, families and children um, through that collaborative partnership process is the way that we need to interact with our partner agencies and the um, kind of leadership that, say, a caseworker or home visitor or somebody going into your home is going to work with um, a family at, at that level, um, kind of just being really open to hearing what they have to say and really wanting to meet them where they, they're at. That's what um, the county agencies do for families, and that's what state agencies and Ohio hope to do for to support um, county agencies and um, that are actually out there um, working directly with family and children every day. So I'll pose the same question that I asked uh, Katina uh, from from Louisiana, and I'll pose it to you about the advice you'd give other you know community based prevention organizations to help them in terms of influencing policy and, and expanding their footprint. Um, I, I, and I guess I would say they, that it's it's having the conversation. It's willing to show up at the table and have the conversation. And we have, um, you know, so many families and children that that don't always have a voice. So it, it's how can we be a voice for those um, families and for and those children? And ha- and how do we engage? Um, you know families, children, caregivers um, into the conversation. We talk a lot about parent leadership in Ohio and how do we, how can we bring those parents in to um, be leaders and be advocates for other parents? Um, Similar with grandparents, um, you know, how do we um, hear their voice and ensure that their voice is being heard and that we're not just creating a system where we are um, giving services saying, oh, this is what we think you need. No, it's you sit at the table with us. You're a part with us, you tell us what what you need, and we will um, figure out solutions together. Yeah, I'm just it's the it's that partnership, and that you know, com- continuing based on not structure, not programs, but relationships and that you know there's there's your collaboration uh, lesson that that I think I think we've all been been learning and preaching but need to be applying as as we move forward so I love the perspectives both from from Louisiana and Ohio and so you know uh, Lindsay Williams and Katina Simeon I want to thank you guys so much for for your perspective uh, for your energy and for for being a part uh, of this with us here on the child welfare information gateway podcast thank you yeah Yes, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. So over on this episode's webpage at childwelfare.gov, we'll provide a link to the reports Katina Simeon mentioned from the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund, their annual report, and the state plan for the prevention of child abuse and neglect. We'll also give you a link to learn more about the CBCAP program and their grantees from the Friends National Resource Center. 
You can also access information surrounding cross-system collaboration and prevention services. Uh, the National Child Abuse Prevention Month website will send you a link to that. And you can also access the Prevention Resource Guide. We'll also have other episodes of the podcast where we dive into other CBCAP grantees and their programs. So all of this will be uh, over on this episode's webpage on Child Welfare Information Gateway. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so. The Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So you can get each new episode every month and listen to all our previous episodes as well. So, hey, my thanks to Katina Simeon from the Louisiana Children's Trust Fund and Lindsay Williams from the Ohio Children's Trust Fund and all the CBCAP grantees who are joining us here on the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. And thanks to you for listening and spending your time with us. Until next time, I'm Tom Oates. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. Child Welfare Information Gateway is available at childwelfare.gov and is a service of the Children's Bureau, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Administration for Children and Families. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Information Gateway or the Children's Bureau.